1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, and along with my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, we are the co-founders of TheLeverages.com and Divizio. Hi, Gundy. Hang on just one second, and we'll get you introduced properly.
0: Uh, Gundy Gabrielle is with us today, and she's going to share her proven four-week plan to growing your audience, exploding your mailing list, and attracting new clients with bestseller publishing. Gundy is a top 100 business author and nine-time number one best-selling author, as well as a lifestyle entrepreneur and former Carnegie Hall the conductor. Wow, uh, man, we're going to have a good show today. She's been featured on the Huffington Post, New York Times, Smart Blogger, Kindlepreneur, and Good Life Zen, among others. Uh, but yeah, welcome oh, to Everestmasters. Okay. I'll start you off the way we do everybody, and that is we heard your introduction, but what is on your mind right now? What is the biggest thing burning in your belly when you wake up in the morning to do? What do you love about life right now?
2: Um, I love about life uh, the freedom I have. Freedom is the most important word for me in the English language, and running online businesses and leveraging my income in this way and audiences and, and all the different things I do has given me the freedom to basically be a permanent traveler, But it's called a digital nomad, and I've been on the road for <clears throat> quite some time, a couple of years now. I'm currently in Spain, poor me, <laughs> beautiful weather here. Um, and it's just wonderful to have that freedom to be wherever you are uh, and work from anywhere and be your own boss, basically. So that's what's on my mind when I wake up in the morning. Gratitude for that.
1: Gundy, I don't know if you're aware, but I spent 10 years on the road as a full-time RVer traveling all over the United States. It was an amazing lifestyle.
2: Isn't it? Yeah. I've been to all 50 states, including I wow. drove to Alaska <laughs> from California
0: in wow, the summer, got though. Wow, you it bad. You, you really have the travel bug. That's pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, well, that's kind awesome. of forced what forced me what into.
0: You... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Well, that's go kind ahead. of what forced me also into finding these online, uh, you know, other business options that allowed me to live in this way and change
0: what I did before, basically. Yeah. Is it weird, though? I mean, a lot of times people will say that, and we'll just let it go by because we've we've explored an awful lot about the nomadic lifestyle of an entrepreneur who enjoys traveling as much as you do. But is it weird to dock when you have to dock with what the real world is like or what we consider what the real world is? Because you must feel like you don't really – have a lot in common with average people who basically stay in place and it just must be so weird it must be i mean traveler takes on a whole new meaning when you when you take the full scope of the meaning that it could have like you really are a traveler and you kind of skip over the top of how everything kind of works in this world most people stay in their one place and uh, maybe move a couple of times during their lives and and um, it, how do you reconcile almost that vacation-like feel with, well, I also still need to get work done, and it's not completely fantasy land, right? <laughs> and we never really ask people who are in your kind of lifestyle that question.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, it doesn't always feel like work when you love what you do. I mean, you know, that's that's one of the wonderful mm-hmm. things when you find A business like that. In my case, a lot of it is writing. I'm also very connected. We have a very active Facebook group with uh, newbie authors and bloggers and so forth. I'm in there very actively, Um, so I'm in touch with that. And for me, it's it's just fun to help people achieve that freedom as well. And it doesn't necessarily mean traveling. It's not what everybody wants to do. But sometimes it's just um, you know spending more time with your kids or have a hobby that you can finally do. It's it's for me. It's really more about the freedom, more so than the traveling. That's just something I personally like to do. And there may come Mm. a time when I do something different, or I might. But I don't like the word settling down. But you know, a little bit more than right now. But it's just the freedom to choose how you want to live your life and how you want to spend your day. And yes, there there are things to course when you run a business. You know that there's not everything is fun, and sometimes you just have to make years have to do things but the thing is that you always keep in mind whatever i'm doing here even if i don't like it it allows me that lifestyle and that freedom and then you think okay that's i can do that <laughs> you know that to me yeah. helps a big deal and what i did before i was a classical musician initially i don't know if you mentioned that in the intro
0: um yeah so i don't so exactly or two boring about that too <laughs>
2: Yeah, I can't imagine. And, you know, it was it was all good and all, but you're still more tied in. And, yeah, even there, in fact, I I started my own ensemble and had the entrepreneur bug and the freedom of that and the marketing bug. Um So in there, it kind of tied in. The thing is with marketing and running a business, you can do it with anything and even turn your passion into a business, which is something I'm very much focused on with my books and what I teach people. Um, So it it doesn't always feel like work. It's just part of what brings you the freedom. It's a very different way of looking at it, I guess.
0: I guess I've always told myself that since there's no beach to distract me and there's uh, you know, the hiking trails are a little bit further away from me and everything, that that's why I uh, can be productive. On the other side of that is (laughs) I know how I am. I know how I am when there is a beach around. And I don't know that I have the self-discipline. I've never shown myself to have it before. (laughs) You know, like we go to a conference (laughs) or something in Florida in a nice place. And it's very difficult for me to stay in the hotel and network with people when there's all that beauty and (laughs) <laughs> sunshine and everything around. So. Yeah, but I mean, it's and It's a temporary
2: thing then, right?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Right, right. Well, and the other problem I have is I always fall in love with everywhere I go, and I picture how it would be to just live there. And I feel like if I went to Spain or Portugal, or I've been looking at Portugal, I've also looked at Costa Rica and places like that, and I just instantly fall in love with beautiful places. And it just seems like I... I hear people like you say the things that you do, but I don't know that I have the capacity to leave those places once I visit them. <laughs> I always feel like something would hook me and I would still be somebody who stayed in place a lot more because I just, I so so easily with impressed with beautiful places. <laughs> True. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. There's,
2: there's nothing uh, wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. In fact, and you know, here's another thing. Um, in Spain, I actually stayed longer. I've been here for a couple of months in the same place. I often do house sits along the way because it's a lovely way to sit. You stay at really nice places. It's quiet. And this, mm. those are more the times when I get a lot of work done, for example. Like I created a course over the summer and I wrote a couple of more books. And for that, you do need to be in one place and really focus. I, I know what you mean. And so I sort of alternate usually with these periods for a month or two, and then I travel again more actively. It's just that I don't come home so to speak to uh, a place in the U.S. by the way the U.S. is still my favorite country to travel in I have to say that everything I've seen I absolutely love that country I think it's a beautiful beautiful country that people often don't really realize how beautiful it actually is but for me it's just this uh, not having to settle down and have to be back in a certain place where there's rent to pay or whatever I mean you still pay rent but you're not long-term necessarily, but I definitely mm-hmm. need when you run businesses and do this permanently, you definitely need time. So you just really focus completely on that. And then you have play time again. And then I travel and road trip for a month or two again, still work, but not as much because you're busy or during the day. You see things and you're tired in the evening. Right. And so that's how it works for me. I yeah. have phases of each and they
0: alternate. <clears throat> well, I, I can totally understand why, uh, it's just an awesome thing. And I know that a lot of people are listening going, Well, how? How do you do this? How do you have something that provides for you to be able to have this kind of style? And that's got to be a question on the tip of everyone's tongue who don't aspire to travel as much as you do. Just that freedom, like your number one word. How have you set yourself up? What does your business look like? Um, um, you know, primarily what you do day in and day out to be able to. Uh, to secure that that precious word freedom.
2: Yeah, well, one uh, two things here. The first thing that for me the most important thing to create is always passive income streams. So I never wanted to be in the freelancing business as much. I've done that in the beginning, but I always my end game was always passive income as much as possible because mm. that is really what what sustains you in this way. And that gives you the freedom to do whatever else you want to do or add things. And uh, I started uh, blogging but then very quickly got into self-publishing on Amazon <clears throat> two years ago and that took off very quickly and sustained me at, at nonfiction in this case and also built list very quickly. Uh, it's really amazing how, if you know how to market on Amazon, how incredibly, literally overnight that starts coming in or people requesting your services and, and like I said, most days I still did some freelancing um, and how you can connect with people and plus at the same time you're creating passive income and you can also market affiliate products in a non-pitchy way because my first book was about how to start a blog, so something very simple really. Uh, But obviously there's a couple of affiliate things you can also mention in that context, you know. Um, So that's another income stream. So affiliate marketing is the second big leg. I also have some niche sites and things like that. So I spent this first year also intensely more learning SEO and other marketing uh, techniques, but it always came back to publishing that seems to gel the best with me or to connect with uh, readers in this way, and then also out of that, course creation, as I just said now. So all of these are passive income streams where, yes, you initially put some time in, but then it's more maintenance uh, down the road, and you can add another asset, so to speak. So that, to me, is, I think, a key here, rather than trading your time for money all the time which you can still do for fun, but you don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, (laughs) big difference.
0: I just pulled up a – yeah, absolutely. And I just pulled up your Amazon page, and holy cow, you've been busy. Uh, This is is something – so I'm going to ask some naive questions because I never personally got into the Amazon publishing thing, and I have some probably incorrect preconceived ideas about what this is especially in 2017 going into 2018, because when I first learned about this yeah, and I please. saw someone's profile like yours, which has just books that go right off the side, there's so many books, uh, which explained a lot in, from your introduction, but is as the same as it used to be? Are there any new things and, and, um, that people need to pay attention to I don't even know really where to start this question, but if somebody had never heard about publishing in the way that you're doing on Amazon and how you're getting the the work out there and how you're successful at getting attention for it, um, how would you start people off to describe that?
2: Well, the first and I think most important thing to understand, and that's the magic really here, is that you're leveraging, using your show's name, the leveraging, the marketing power of the biggest store in the world. And that's why it is when you do it right, and most people don't, <laughs> but if you do it right, uh, it's, it's phenomenal in its marketing power and it is incredibly quick. You don't have to do SEO, which takes usually months to get traction or influencer work. You can still do that and you should do that. But with Amazon, if you publish a book and you do a really powerful launch, which is not that difficult to do and it's certainly not very expensive, um, you have Amazon who keeps promoting your book for you. If they see your book does well, and it gets social proof on Amazon, social proof means a lot of reviews. Um, and you can use in the, in the laundry, for example, you use a couple of promo services. Those are uh, services for perfectly legit. They have large mailing lists or large social media followings. And every day they present a new book for at a 99 cent promo or a free promo. And that's how you get eyeballs on your book at first. And then there's a couple of other things. Keywords, of course, like with anything, is Amazon SEO, really, that you need to do. And a couple of tactics mm-hmm. you can use to get your books, first of all, to bestseller rank, which is actually not as difficult to do, but then also to keep it selling long-term. I just got an email today from Amazon where they asked if they could include some of my books uh, in, in their promos. Do I say no? Of course not. <laughs> it's amazing, oh, you know, yeah. they send out, I've had this number of times. When, when they send my books out and emails to people, I'm sure we all have gotten emails from Amazon where they recommend books based on your interests. And my books have been in there a number of times and that doesn't cost me anything. Nor does it cost anything to publish, both Kindle or print. Uh, you can up, just upload the files. That's, that part is free. And you are immediately on there. And if you don't just upload, I think that's what a lot of people do wrong. Just upload it is uploaded and then hope magically someone will discover the book, which of course never happens, <laughs> you know. There's a whole strategy to this, and it, when you do that, a lot of people, thousands of people can find your book. And the other cool thing is you can put a lead magnet in the beginning or wherever throughout the book where you offer a free report or a checklist or something um, related to the book. And when people want to get that, they need to give their email address, and that's how you build your mailing list automatically. Every morning I have no new subscribers without doing anything at all. In fact, Amazon in a way pays me. Via royalty, if you will, you know, to build my mailing list. It's pretty amazing, and I don't know any other marketing form that's that quick and that effective. Because once again, you ma- you leverage a platform, the biggest store in the world, basically, and that's incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah, and they want to. Does that you answer your question
1: to, a little
0: bit? <laughs> yes, very much. Well, it yeah, because because you are still. What I want to say is that you're still doing something that worked uh, even years ago, and it's still obviously viable. It's still obviously something to, that you feel completely comfortable investing everything in, mainly your time, because it's very inexpensive too. And what, what's also yeah. really cool about that is how much Amazon goes to bat for you if you show a little bit of success, it tips off their algorithm that puts you in that remarketing campaign, right, where they kind of exactly. stalk you around yeah. the Internet yeah. after they've shopped for your book. They they say you might also like. I bet you get that a lot with the, the, the list of titles that you have. I, I can't imagine the yeah, amount and of traffic that well, you get yes. that's just recommended. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, like, two of these books have been number one since they were published, so it wasn't like most authors get a number one for a week and then they're gone. So like the social media book and the Kindle Publishing book was published earlier this beginning of the year, I think February or something like that. And they have been nonstop, number one, since then because people like those books. They were marketed in a smart way. It's not that I'm better than anybody else, not at all. It's just a smart marketing technique. And also to keep them selling. And then when Amazon, Amazon wants to make money, they're in the business of making money. It's not a favor. But when they see something is doing well, they see they can make money off that book and they will promote it. So you give them an enticement, and it's an algorithm just like Google. It just works a little bit different in some things. But it it can be um, prepared. You can never completely predict how well a book will do, obviously, just like you can't predict how well a site will ever rank. But you can do a lot. And then, of course, the power of a series in this case, too. If you have a series of books, of shorter books that are related, then a lot of times people buy the entire series. So that's another little you secret are,
0: here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think we've talked about that probably on a long ago episode. It seems sometimes you forget if you talk about it on the podcast or in another setting. But I think we might have had that, uh, and listeners would have to go back several years probably to remember that. Thank you, guys, if you're still here this year. Uh, but <laughs> d- I, we also heard about – so serial, you're talking about serial books. And, and, and But what about books that come out in pieces? Does that work? Have you ever tried that? Were you, were you uh, published – like some fiction authors will, will – and Stephen King actually did that, uh, I think with one of his last – came out with something that was to be continued – along the same story line. He broke it up into different pieces of books. Is that something that you recommend or teach people? Uh,
2: I've never done that, but it's also, fiction is a bit different. I mean, some of the principles apply, but I have never published fiction, so I'm not really an expert on that. Uh, But I think what he does is kind of the same thing, though. It's sort of still a series. He splits up one bigger book into small, and that's another thing that's good to know for Kindle a short is the new long, so shorter books are doing a lot better. So for Kindle, at least nonfiction, you kind of aim for 12 to 25,000 words, not more,
0: because
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's not it's too much otherwise. And then it's better to have a related topic and put it in the next book of the series. I mean, even when I buy an ebook, I don't usually want to have an endlessly long book on an on an iPad or wherever you read it. It's just not something we like doing. We do it for a famous author. But otherwise, I kind of much prefer to have a shorter book and then read the next book rather than having an endlessly long 500-page book in e-book form, right? It's difficult. It's different when it's physical. And even then, it's easier to do. We are all so busy. It's easier. It seems more manageable. And that has proven to be quite true. And apparently for fiction writers as well, where their novellas are oftentimes doing better than the full-length books. But for nonfiction, uh, definitely. That's sort of the, the frame... Um, Most successful nonfiction authors at least mostly use which is not that much so it doesn't take you months and years to write a book you can do that relatively quickly especially if you know the topic well you know that's I mean if someone and I teach my courses about that really client generation through that so this would be something for coaches consultants so forth In, in other words they know their stuff inside out and they probably have a certain technique that they teach so it would be very easy for them to write it down that's not the problem and then you can have several different aspects that you spread out over a series, right? So you don't have it all in one. And mm-hmm. people love series. There is something about this completion thing where we just kind of like to have the whole thing. <laughs> you know, you start with yeah. one, you like it. That's why these promos are so important because that's how you introduce people to you when they don't know you. And then they like it. And the pink books, people either like them or they don't most like them, fortunately. And so then they're in the Sassy Zen Girl thing. That's the brand name. And then they, oh, yeah, meet the next one. And they often even write it in the reviews. I bought the whole series. <laughs> and so, th- so there's that factor, too, that we all a little bit do. If we like something, we kind of like to have the complete thing. Like I'm a fan of Lee Child. I have read every single of his books, you know, uh, the Jack Reacher, just because I like the character. And yeah. you, you do the whole thing. You read the whole series if you can. So it's also from a marketing standpoint, a much smarter move than just have, have one book.
0: Yeah, I, I just went straight into a, a a new guy that I'm reading. I went straight into his second book. And Amazon, it's so on your side when you have a series, <laughs> because this is the first time I'd ever noticed, and I know I've probably been doing this for a while, but at the end of this book, maybe it's a new feature, it lets you buy the next book right inside the book, right inside the Kindle app. And it says "It that's says awesome. you're at the end of the book. You want to read the next one. You can have it for 99 cents, which I know is cheaper than he's selling it if you just go straight to Amazon. I don't know how he does it or how Amazon did it or whatever, but I was hooked on the very first paragraph of the next book within 13 seconds. It was just that quick, yeah, just it, that it, easy. It, no,
2: that's, that's what." that's what I call the evergreen bestseller hack uh, where you actually set it up as a series. And if you go to a book page, to one of the books, you will see right underneath, there's a the series. There's all those little thumbnails right underneath. Everything's pink. <laughs> and uh, that's like little mini ads and they're totally free. And you just can't help but click on them. If there's a topic you like, but, but you're just telling me, yeah. I don't even know that. So that's uh, an additional really awesome <laughs> feature. That's That's great. I didn't know that. Well, I guess I never of read course, that all all the I was end. doing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, all I was doing was fantasizing that that was my book series. I was like, "Oh my god. I know that everybody's reacting the same exact way as me. If they had any feeling for this book, this story that I just had of wanting to go on, I know that it's yeah. got to be a huge percentage of people who read that just tap that 99 cent button and go right on into the next book. Brilliant, brilliant. And it's just a new way of looking at how all this stuff works. The other thing that you talked about earlier, the difference between fiction and what I call books that get something done or solve a problem or you have an issue and people Mm -hmm. actually look at Amazon. You're proof uh, positive that people look at Amazon as a place to solve an immediate problem. I need to learn about social media. I need to learn about blogging and I know there's a, there's a resource here that's not a big fiction novel and, you know, 300 pages and all that stuff. It's just I think a lot of people who are potential authors who would like to do what you do don't know that and don't look at Amazon in that way. Is that, is, is, do I have the right feeling there? I mean, do you have to spend a lot of time getting people to understand that, that there's a huge audience that goes to Amazon to solve a very particular, uh, very niched problem? And they know that they can do that in the book section.
2: Well, I think we all do, though, right? If, if I have a problem, I either Google it, or if, if I know it could be in a book, I might actually go to Amazon and check what they have. I think a lot of people would do that. And I think it's more scary for people that they don't quite know, oh, do I need a traditional publisher, or does it cost me thousands of dollars, And we just really don't mm-hmm. know what to do about marketing. You know, and uh, it, it's not rocket science, it really isn't. It's, you just need to know what to do. Like with everything in marketing, it's never rocket science. You just need to know a technique that works <clears throat> and apply that. And um, I think if, another part here is, of course, that Amazon books oftentimes also show up in Google because Amazon has such a high authority. Yeah. And so yep. having the right keywords in your title. Is just as important because Google also crawls the book pages on Amazon and uh, depending on your topic, and I know some authors specifically actually try to rank their books in this way and make good money from traffic from Google actually rather than Amazon. So that's another thing to keep in mind. It's much easier to rank something on Amazon than it is on your personal website because it just doesn't have that domain authority.
0: Right. Well, So oftentimes for – I probably do – 30 or 40% of my searching for books, for authors, uh, for things that I'm looking for, I expect now on Google that Amazon will be the first result. Basically, I'm using Google as Amazon to search Amazon. And I'll use a lot of Amazon search (laughs) features too if I'm on there, but I know that I expect it to be at the top. If you're an author that I'm interested in, you should be – your book, your Amazon listing ought to be in the top ten under your name and things like that. And I think people have figured that out. So right. yeah, it really does work. And it's an amazing thing because I do SEO for uh, clients and, and I do the hardest thing you can do in SEO now, um, which is like you mentioned earlier, having a website, needing people to find you lots of time. It's, it's local businesses, things like that. And um, that has now become the hardest way to do stuff, People still want to do it, and that's not the only thing they're doing, or I won't do the work with them. I'm like, you guys have to diversify because you can't rely just on the slow-moving yeah. glacial pace of SEO when you've also got Amazon <laughs> and you've got all these things that you're talking about today that can really be relatively almost instantaneous compared to the old ways of optimizing for regular old search engines.
2: Exactly. And it drives traffic back to the website because people who read my books oftentimes visit my website, too. So I haven't been as busy as I probably should be on SEO, but frankly, I don't need to. And uh, the same is with social media followers. Uh, I get them every day, even though I'm not as active as a lot of other people are on social media. For me, it's very much about focus and prioritizing. You can't do everything. And once again, publishing is such a powerful way. If they like your stuff, they will automatically try to find you on their favorite social media platforms,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they will go to your blog. And the other really powerful thing is, of course, you would probably agree with one of the most powerful assets you can have in business is your mailing list. And I haven't seen anything that grows a mailing list as fast as publishing if you have the right lead magnet. And that's really the key here. Yeah. And for instance, the first one was a blogging book. And I think I had my lead magnet, was about how to find a good domain name or something simple like that. And a lot of people subscribe to that. So I automatically built my mailing list much easier than it would have been to do this with a blog. Um, same with travel. And I have two branches for yeah. so the business, and the other is the travel books. And uh, it, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's very little you have to do once you get books that rank well. Uh, that's sell well. And the other thing is having a lead magnet that functions well. For my Bali book, for instance, initially that lead magnet, it just didn't work right. You know, you know this from websites too. Sometimes you think it's the greatest. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Right. So that I had to try around, you know, like just like you would on a website. You sometimes have to try around a little bit, and sometimes you hit it head on. Ideally, you pick something that goes well with the book, like a checklist or, you know, something that goes more in depth on something that people need to apply what you teach them then they're most likely to sign up for that. And um, that's just amazing. Also, for courses, as I'm doing now, um, you can invite people to a free training or, you know, the course itself. And they already know you. The the key thing here is with publishing, too, you get a lot of prestige as a best-selling author. I mean, that's just the way it is. We all behave in this way, right? It just has a certain status. And... People respect you more. Also, it's great for getting clients for that very reason because people already read your book. They already know who you are and what you're about. And if they contact you after reading your book, they're ready to go. There's hot that you can ever have. And they also expect actually to pay premium price. So they think they might even be on a waiting list because you're published a best-selling author, not just published author. And it just has that cloud that comes with it that you cannot create in any other way. But any other marketing technique, you first have to convince people that you're – Good at what you do, right? Or give them some kind of credentials. Whereas if they like you, and I've done this myself when I read books recently with with a legal thing a lawyer who talked about LLCs and things like that, and he he was very competent and convinced me. I thought, yeah, this is a good guy. He knows what he's doing. So why don't I just go with him? You know, instead <laughs> than having to research online. You already know the guy is good. Um, so you you go with that, and that's another way for business owners why this is can be incredibly powerful. Even with products, you can write a how-to book and incorporate your product in that in a natural way. So it's not pitchy, but it's just what you happen to use. And a lot of times people will want to use it too because it's easier. We don't have to do the research. We don't really know what we're doing yet. And here's someone who we trust. The trust is established. And then you recommend something, and many times they will um, follow your recommendation. So it's it's now, amazing gonna... in many different ways. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Yes. Yes, it absolutely is. But I'm going to ask a hard question now. So we've all mm-hmm. been on Amazon and we've found lots and lots of books that look like lonely little lost puppies that really don't look like they're getting a lot of attention. And, and clearly the person who's marketing that book, it either the book's not good or the book's not good and they don't know how to market on Amazon or the book's great and they don't know how to market on Amazon but you certainly can't just go put a book on Amazon and succeed surely that's not what you're saying like there's like some other stuff no. that we need to know to do this
2: yeah that's definitely not <laughs> enough. that's what most people do um and of course that doesn't work unless you have a huge following if you have a mailing list of 50,000 people who all buy the book and promote you sure then it could work but Uh, Mm. most people don't have that and if you just put your book up, then no there's a whole um, technique to that basically, where first of all, you want a launch team, which is a group of people who will pre-read the book, you give them a free advanced reader copy and they will leave you a review on launch day so that's important so you have at least 10 to 20 reviews the moment you publish that book like within a day or two. That is a very powerful trigger to the algorithm because that tells, again, that's the social proof. That tells the algorithm, okay, wow, this book is popular. And that's one element. And the other one, you want to trigger a lot of sales and downloads in at least the first week or two. And that's where these promo services come in that I was talking about. Some work better than others. But basically, you submit your book and then they feature it to their audience. And if it's a topic that's of interest, it, it very much comes also down to market research and making sure you're writing a topic that people actually want to buy. <laughs> you know, um, right. you can't sell just anything. You, you want to look through the bestseller list of your field and see what the trends are, what is already selling well. And people are often worried that, oh, it's already out there and I can't speak. No, that's actually great if it's, if there's a lot of other books with the same topic because that means it's selling. You know, it's a marketable topic right. and that's what you want.
0: Well, you're so There may be right. some
2: areas like, yes. Yeah, I mean there may be some areas like the self help can in some niches can be a little bit more competitive or weight loss. If you just do weight loss, that might be a little bit difficult. But there's ways to test that beforehand. But if you have a good book, and important here is also to have a professional cover. Don't do that yourself or skip on that. Publishing costs very little, but the three expenses you need to spend is one a professional cover, two uh, you need a proofreader at the very least, ideally an editor, but definitely a proofreader, and third. Uh, spend some money on those promo services. And they're not expensive. I think you can do all of that for less than 500 bucks, maybe even less than that. But it's much less than for any other business I know of that has instant success like that. Right. But you also make some money back from the, all the downloads you're having. It's not tremendous for the 99 cent promos, but still, you, you get money back. And that's something you need to invest as a, as a marketing expense. But that's basically what it comes down to, the social proof with the reviews. And at the same time, trigger the, that's the one trigger for the algorithm. The other trigger is having a lot of sales during launch week. And, of course, get your launch team also to promote it to them. If you have amazing mailing promote it to them. Tell everybody on Facebook to buy the book, you know, to really give Amazon that, that algorithm, the feeding, wow, this is a really popular book. We should show it to more people. And Amazon has another really cool feature that's called Hot New Releases. You might have seen that on the right when you buy books. Mm-hmm. It certainly shows in the bestseller when you have a paycheck bestseller. And – you have to do really badly not to show in, in those uh, hot new releases. And they show that for a month. So that's additional wow. free promo from Amazon directly to, to your book. But you need to have sales. You know, there's a lot of new books every day. Right. So you need to be among the top three, basically, that they constantly show, which is not that hard to do, really. It's different from so the best sales. sellers. The best sellers are usually much more competitive than that, you know. So get a couple of sales yeah. every day. Get those reviews going, and it's very likely that they will show you. And you have 10 different categories to choose from. So you will show in those hot releases in 10 different categories related to your field. So that's very, very powerful, you know. And then another thing is that it shows customer also bought, customers (laughs) also bought, you might know, underneath.
0: Right. I bought um, tens of thousands of dollars worth of products from that from that section of Amazon, See, that, people who bought this also that, bought
2: this. That's by the way where <laughs> I'm. Exactly. So if you are uh, happen to, and there's ways to do that, be you know, show where under a famous author um, for customers also bought that is additional traffic. It's completely free. Of course, mm-hmm. there's also ads you can buy. They're not super effective, but they give a little bit of extra traffic and things. Um, and then, of course, you also want to promote it outside. You want to do podcasts and guest blogs and all kinds of things uh, that you would normally think of doing, hopefully, press releases, possibly. Um, but those are the factors, really, that you need to do. And, again, the, the title and the cover, that's what gets people in the door because all that will not matter if your, title, if your cover looks crappy. Sorry to put it like this. You know? yeah. That's the problem with a lot of indie authors, that they have these amateurish-looking covers, and they're self-made. And I remember when I did my first yeah. book, I created a mock-up, you know, and I was so proud of myself. I thought it was super awesome. And fortunately, I then gave it to a professional designer. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was completely different what they did. They completely did not ignore everything I gave them. Um, and I didn't even like it at first. And then overnight, I realized, now it's actually really awesome. And when I now look at my mock-up, it's completely embarrassing. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs>
0: and yeah. I saw the
2: designer, and I told so it was completely horrible. So we get so attached to these things. We, we, it's so fun to create this stuff. And, but that's the one time where you really should not be creative or have your friend be creative, get a profession.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: because really there is well, also certain art to Kindle covers because of the thumbnail. It's so small. So it needs to pop. It needs right. to, you need to immediately recognize the title and it needs to attract your attention immediately or people will immediately go somewhere else among all those books.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and the funny thing is about this saying that we've heard all of our lives, never judge a book by its cover, that's literally what a cover mm-hmm. is for. Yeah, like literally why they yeah. make the cover of a book is so that you can judge the book. <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> and it's funny. done people such as this like me. I'm, yeah, especially there. And also you make a really good point about knowing your medium. Wherever you sell – whatever you do, if you learn about blogging, you learn about all these kinds of things that are very similar to the discussion about covers of the book, about how you present yourself, your website, your, the top part, the, the upper third, that, you know, what you do with your content and everything. There's yeah. just as many things that you need to know about whatever medium you're publishing on. And and uh, I noticed here too that you um, are really fully integrated with Amazon in, in every way it seems that you can be. Your blog posts are on your author profile page, so, and that connects directly back yeah. to your blog, so you're making a connection there that I know Google really likes. Mm-hmm. So it's also another optimization factor. Yes. Not that you need it, but it's nice to have that Google traffic if it's as easy as integrating your blog with your Amazon profile, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah, and that's easy to do. You have the Author Central page. Uh, Amazon creates that for you, and you can add it. I Actually, you should also have a video. I haven't gotten around to that yet. You can have a video of yourself up there. So, yeah, it's it's a great marketing tool. I mean, Amazon really you know, goes out of their way to make it better. And I will say, since you mentioned a few years ago when people started – They have become a lot stricter because there were a lot of abuses with keyword stuffing and uh, purchased reviews Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, fake reviews. It was really rampant, and they're really cracking down on that. In fact, if you buy reviews, you get your account shut down forever. And also keyword stuffing and all of that, they even have an algorithm that captures that for the most part. So it has become a lot stricter, which is good, um, because then otherwise it looks spammy if you have people stuffing their subtitle with all kinds of keywords. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you right. still just like in SEO, you want your main keywords in the title. That's really important, and ideally in the front of the title. You know, so my books for the most part show up on page one for their keywords. That's another important part. And I didn't have to do all that much. It's just you know you, you prepare your book description page, again the on page on on Amazon because the bots crawl that and read what your book is about. And you have a few keywords in the back, but I think the more powerful one also for Google is, of course, what's on page. So the title, subtitle, series name, all, and even the reviews, if people mention keywords in the reviews, which they often do if they repeat the title, is <laughs> um, uh, it, all triggering the algorithm to support you.
0: Yeah. It's kind of crazy <clears throat> how we sort of bootstrapped ourselves, um, you know, not even really five, six years ago, it was still this way. But especially in the beginning of the Internet, in the middle of it, and all the way up to like maybe five years, maybe uh, seven years, 2010, everything that you did, everything that you got out of the web was a result of something you did and typically something you had to build. Like you had to go build mm-hmm. a blog. You had to go put WordPress on. And, and if you were going to get anything good out of that, it was going to be at the sweat of your own brow. It was going to be because you put, you know, one-to-one effort out there. And so there wasn't a lot of, as much leverage. And we, back then we were using the word leverage liberally, like all the time, saying you need to use yeah. a content management system like WordPress because that gives you leverage and you don't have to be a webmaster. So even back then things were better than they were before. But nowadays people can come on and, and do what you're doing and they, they're they so supported by the environment that they're in. And Amazon is one of the third-party, yeah. you know, it's not your own website or anything like that, but it's one of the very few that do such a good job of making it an equitable partnership between the author and Amazon. And that's really impressive because you usually have to figure out ways, like, Facebook isn't always that way. And you're always trying to figure out ways you can make it more equitable because it sometimes feels like getting the better of the deal and that you're still not leveraging yeah. as much as you could. And they might be feeling a little – they might, you might feel like they're being a little selfish with how much their ads cost or um, the exposure that they yeah. finally give you when you're up the money and they still don't show your ad to the people that you want. and But Amazon doesn't yeah. feel like that. Every time somebody like you comes on – not to talk completely about Amazon like you can, but they have a book and they just, as a side note, say a lot of the same things that you've been saying in, in, in terms of how their book just kind of took off. And not by accident, but because they also knew how to use Amazon and that it was their partner. And it's just really awesome that that exists in this day and age where a lot of other places seem to be taking more than they're giving.
2: Yeah, and I think Amazon understands that it's in their best interest because the more money we make, the more money they make, right? So yeah, um, yeah. it's it, it's quite. And you know, you think you mentioned Facebook. Facebook ads are great, but they're also incredibly expensive. You know, it's it can take right. a while until you really find that golden nugget. That nugget that really converts, and well, you can spend hundreds of dollars until you get there. Whereas I just mentioned to you how you can get a number one bestseller for less than five hundred bucks if you do it right, and possibly even have it keep selling long term and bring you clients, bring you subscribers in a way that Facebook wouldn't do quite as much. And I'm a big fan of Facebook ads. It's just a whole different thing, and it's very, very expensive. Um So I, for instance, don't have to use Facebook for list building as a lot of people do to build their mailing lists. I just do it through Amazon. It's much faster, it's free. It's free hot leads. That's yeah. really what we have to understand here. Free hot leads instantly, if you do it right. And yeah. I will say, one caveat, like I said, not every book will take off like that, and you sometimes you publish another one. As long as you have a series, you're insulated. Even the books that don't do quite as well are carried by the ones that do really well. And that's, I think, part of the secret here as yeah. well, to not just have one book. Well, Plus,
0: um, I mean, if somebody first, told you... If somebody, when you get somebody most, said... Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, if somebody told you that it was going to take you upwards of 10 or 15 or even 20 tries before they could get to the place that you, Goondi, are today, what, what would be the downside of that? What I see a lot of people doing is they go, I tried that Amazon thing. I'm like, really? How many times? Well, I put my book up there and nothing ever happened. And I'm like, seriously? You just did one try? And given the fact that market research and everything it. else can can fail you, but what if you tried what if somebody said, Now this doesn't work until the twentieth try? How many people would raise their hand and go, All right, I'll write twenty books before I get to twenty short books, not novels like Stephen King, but twenty, you know, specific niche books before I succeed if you can tell me that I'll get that I can guarantee you that you'll succeed. And everybody would raise their hand, I would think, right? Because what a small price to pay if if they want what you have. That would be nothing. But everybody wants some sort of a guarantee, and the guarantee is sticking to it, I think. The guarantee, right?
2: I mean, there's never a guarantee in life ever. You know, there's always people who are successful at some things and not at others. And I've seen this with other things where I didn't succeed and others had success. So so there's that. And, you know, your writing style and how you present your book, even the titles that you choose, certainly all has a part of it. But what you say is absolutely right. If it doesn't happen the first time, that's just like one step closer. Like Edison, Thomas Edison had this beautiful thing. It's just 10,000 ways that didn't work. So I'm one step closer to my goal. That's the way he looked at life. Yeah. Uh, and he had a lot more than just 20 attempts to, to find the light bulb. And he didn't see it as a problem. It was just one step closer. And, um, you know, with with these techniques, we know today that is a great shortcut if you get good training. You know, that I think is really crucial. That's how I did it initially. I learned it from another very successful author how she did it. You don't reinvent the wheel. You learn from someone who has done it and you follow a system. And then you can explore, you know, do additional stuff and try out other things. Like right now, I'm trying a couple of other things. Uh, That's always good to keep adding stuff. But initially, you need to learn a system that works. And that's what I say. It's not rocket science. Find someone who's done it successfully, meaning their books keep still selling very well, not just after the first week, and learn what they do. And replicate the system like Tony Robbins say, find someone who has done what you want to do and follow the system or model them or copy them and you will have the same success. Maybe not the same success, but you will get there too. And maybe it takes you two or three books to get there, right? Plus, you know, during the first launch, maybe some things go wrong. So what? Then you do a next one. It doesn't take very long. It took me a week to write that first book. It really doesn't take me longer than that to write a book because, first of all, they're not that long. Secondly, it's topics I know really well. So it's really just writing yeah. it down. And if I gave you the word count, that's not that high. So you spend a week doing that and you spend a week maybe, you know, rewriting it and working on your title and things. And then you get reviewers involved, get feedback from them. So it's not a super time-consuming process if you put your mind to it. Um, and so you become better. And another thing I wanted to add is often in reviews, uh, fortunately, most of mine have been very good, but every once in a while, everyone gets a negative review. That's just normal. Um, and, oftentimes you can learn something from that where I realize, yeah, actually they're right. I should have added that. And then you can add it. That's the nice thing on Amazon too. You can always update your book all the time. You can always update your cover even. Um, so it's not set in stone. You can even change yeah. your title if you want to. Um, so it's a work in progress, many times, but it is just like you said, it won't be absolutely perfect the first time around. You might get lucky the first time around, but if you stick with it and really learn the marketing part, that is key, I think, with everything on, in online businesses, you will get there. <clears throat> and if you're not a good writer, yeah, you can outsource well, that, you can have someone ghostwrite, you know, right. or learn how to write.
0: There I, really is I mean, a anything. You're knocking down all the obstacles here. Like, you know, you already know (laughs) all the excuses everybody's going to come up with because you teach people this stuff and you've heard them all. And you just keep knocking them down right and left like they're no big deal. And truly, one gets the feeling listening to you that they are not the big deal. The, The big deal is not the process or where to do it or the details of things. Those are important, but they're not the main thing. It's really just us getting off our butts and doing it and believing that, they're, you know, that you really are able to show people this stuff. Like if you were teaching this, Skundi, where would somebody go to find yeah. out more? Because um, people are dying to go, like, all right, she's really good at teaching this stuff. She really knows it. It's obvious. She knows what to do. I need to follow her. Where do they right. go to find out more information about this?
2: Well, I just, it so happens, created a course actually for all of this, and it's specifically for business owners or you know, professionals or bloggers. In, in other words, the nonfiction arena. And it's called Dream Clients on DreamClientsOnAutopilot.com. That's the URL. And that will actually give you a free training where I go a little bit more in-depth. And I also have a full-blown course of the same name, uh, which I introduced at the end of that free webinar. But you get a lot of free training even without the course. Um, And that goes more into like a four-week plan on how you can set this up and what is important. we also talk about niching and and doing clients. I mean, the client avatar, the marketing stuff that people also often forget and the market research. There's a lot of basic stuff that needs to come first before you actually start writing the book, right? So that it supports your business and brings in clients and leads on autopilot, which it can really do if you do this right. So yeah,
0: Dream Clients wow. on autopilot. Easy to remember. Dot com. Um, and you'll find it you right there this, uh, <laughs> the podcast. Where yeah, wherever this shows up, you will find the link. Uh, I wanted to get that out of the way so that I could at least save a couple of minutes for this whole conductor thing. Like, how the heck does that even fit into your life? Usually, people will go, Ah, oh, yeah, I did <laughs> that. That was my big thing in life, and I didn't do anything else. But You just kind of casually throw that in. Tell us a little bit more about that.
2: Well, that's what I did most of my life. I was a classical musician, a conductor, organist, pianist, and I had my own uh, choir and orchestra, and we toured. We played in a lot of fun places. We played in Carnegie Hall and for the Pope and things like that. And um, that that was fun. You know, it was great for like about 20 years or so, and then I kind of needed a break, and I wanted something different. And I've never looked back. I've not regretted. It doesn't mean I won't ever do it again, but I much prefer the freedom that I have now and the lifestyle. But it it is what I grew up with and what I did for a large part of my life, at least, music.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: but even there, I, I started being awesome. an entrepreneur and, and do marketing and not, not having to work for the people, that sort of thing. That was, I guess, is my DNA. Um, and very much enjoyed well, that part, too. Seems- I built Carnegie Hall without, without a marketing budget. But
1: let me just jump in and add this one thing. I often tell my students that in their businesses, they need to be like the conductor of an orchestra. If you think about what that means from the standpoint of you really know what that means, right? You don't necessarily need to know how to master every instrument in the orchestra. You need exactly. to know how to harmonize them all to create beautiful music and, more importantly, what to do to put people in the seat so the orchestra has people to play for.
2: Exactly. Yeah, you need a vision. You're the one with a vision. And yeah. it's, it's funny that you say that because people uh, often say to me, but then you probably play every orchestra and the, uh, every instrument in the orchestra. I said, absolutely not. No, <laughs> I play the piano, I play a little bit the flute. But that's their job. My job is to keep it together and to have a vision. And in my case also, that's not usually what musicians do, but I always love the marketing part, to also fill the place. And right. talking again of leveraging, that's how we filled Carnegie Hall. I didn't have a marketing budget for that. I just leveraged other people's audiences and you know, created win-win situations and uh, you know, also had lived in New York, which helped. But we really filled that place, and we got a standing ovation for 20 minutes, which in New York is not normal necessarily but you know it, it was by wow. working together with other people and uh you know having having an idea having a vision to do that no matter how crazy it may sound and then just do it even if it may not work out you just do it you just do it even if it uh yeah. even if it doesn't work out so then you do it again until it works out so it's not whether
1: it works but if not if but when <laughs> If you don't teach that to your clients now and actually use the story of having been the conductor to give them the analogy to what they're doing in business based on how you do what you do in business, you really should. They really understand it when they hear that.
2: That's a great analogy. Yeah, you're right. That's a good tip, Gina. I'll do that.
1: Never thought of it, actually. that right you brought it up from now on when i teach it i'm going to use you as the example if that's okay oh absolutely <laughs> i'll be honored <laughs> fantastic well thank you so much gundy this has been a real pleasure same here and i thank- really enjoyed this time it- and Go thanks ahead. to john aberley for making the introduction absolutely yep, thanks, thank john. you john <laughs> and we will be back same time same place next week have a fabulous holiday everyone and we'll see y'all back here next week thanks again gundy thank you